0: Between Nina and Vic, I'm not sure who would bring it up, but the the press conference, I think, is a potential conversation point.
1: Are Are you going to actively bring it up?
0: Yeah. There you go.
2: Did any of you see the thing about the eye?
0: When was that? I think I slept through it.
2: Was uh, that... What's his face from DreamShine? They made um, us go
0: to the lunchroom to watch it.
2: I got... Uh, I got my, uh, my throat ripped out of my asshole by the uh, vice principal for uh, clicking away from it before the Q&A section. It kind of uh,
3: leans over, like, who's the vice
2: principal? It doesn't matter. Um, hmm. It's like a predictive algorithm. It sounds like, am I off the, off the map, or does it sound like the thing that we do? Like it touches on that somehow.
4: Dream stuff? Pat is looking around to make sure that nobody is in earshot of this conversation now.
1: Oh yeah, you're mostly undisturbed in this corner.
2: And if it's not intentionally, I think it'll probably cause some bubble over. I remember Yuthany talking about a lead they hadn't gotten to follow, about some tech company doing something that might might cross our path. I want to look into it.
1: Vic... Very idly. I would like you to give me a roll, because you said that. Sure.
2: Sure. A supposition doesn't work with uh, what you were thinking, then uh, just let me know.
1: Uh, We will get to that point just now.
2: Should I be rolling something specific?
1: I think that either perceive or analyze would work.
2: Yeah, I've got perceive at one.
1: Okay. I I can do that. Your position is risky, and your effect is standard. That's a six. Oh lord. Oh lord. Oh lord. I made a note about a thing, uh, specifically in the hopes that this would be revealed much later, but Vic, it kind of slipped your mind when you were recalling the fact that Euphony had had an observation about some tech weirdness going on in Cloud Harbor, and then it just kind of occurs to you again. What is it about Rustam Demir that I know that I've, like, I've met the guy? Where? Why? Why would I ever be in this? And then you remember, once upon a time, very early when you transcended, like one of the first, like literally one of the first few weeks that you got to know Euphony, they invited you to a party, and you were like, meh, meh i don't care but it's euphony so i'll go maybe it's maybe this is actually cool maybe it's not a stuffy cloud harbor party maybe this is actually cool and lo and behold you're actually invited to a very fancy gala being hosted by dreamshine and that's when euphony reveals to you that they just wanted company while they came to this party Because they wanted somebody that they could hang out with. Their words verbatim, they wanted somebody that they could hang out with if this date went poorly. And that's when you realize, and you're the only person who knows because Euphony told you not to share it, that Euphony has dated Rustam Demir. And you didn't know why, and they weren't together very long, but that happened. And you've been to at least two parties with both of them Precisely because Euphony asked you to be around because they wanted somebody that didn't get all of this other stuff, and you very like very eagerly used to like kind of rag on them because why are you in like this is not your kind of thing this is not my kind of thing why are you here? But you got the impression that they kind of appreciated that you could be that honest with them, and that's why they invited you. But when you note that Euphony had some kinds of weird tech feelings about the stuff that's happen- happening in Cloud Harbor it just dawned on you, hey was that undercover work then? But you don't know that's why
2: I think we should look into this this guy more it's dangerous but actually, I've actually been to a couple parties that his company hosted even he wanted me to come along uh, as basically a social backup if, uh, if their evening went poorly. Don't know if it gets me in the door to to see the guy, but it, it makes me feel like this hunch is worth following. And, you know, I used to, when... It's something I did with them, and it's probably not good to do it alone.
3: Ruth doesn't say anything, but he's watching as uh, Vic is giving this information. And when Vic says the thing about the parties and that being possibly a way in because he's been established as somebody who was in Euphony Circle and Euphony, I don't think the party knows because that wasn't what something uh Vic said, um was in with Rastam, who just kind of looks at himself discreetly a little bit, just kind of, well, clearly I'm not party material, but Vic is kind of setting the group towards party time, so I guess I'll just deal with it. Kat looks up and Ru- at
4: Ruth and says, No, you're absolutely party material. The ribbons are so festive.
3: Kind of tucks his chin in a little bit. Doesn't say anything, but he does seem quite pleased.
0: <laughs> okay. He was just kind of worried about running into work people at a party with these folks, that's all.
3: <laughs> I don't uh- he sees know the- uh, Nina looking nervous and says, I'll be there, i.e. with you. <laughs> but he doesn't say that.
2: I wasn't necessarily thinking a party, but we could get into something and then get somewhere else in the building. That could get us a lot.
0: I mean, my key card only gets me to my floor and the public floors, but it's something
1: very quickly nina give me an analyze roll okay nina has no
0: analyze
1: dots so (laughs) tough times yeah risky limited in fact no desperate limited um mark xp okay so
0: analyze you said desperate limited yeah okay that's a four and a four
1: you do think that it is, in fact, theoretically possible. Some Mission Impossible shit might be required, but it's not, it's not like it should be totally unlikely for you to be able to break into the higher floors of the building. But you do know it would require a lot of effort, and there is a lot of security scrutiny on the DreamShine floors that you have experienced never having, like gone through but you've never actually tested it before because you didn't care before so you know that there will be some level of security, you haven't actually done enough research to figure out exactly how much security would require that would, that would require some testing but you know that it's possible and that gives you a lot of hope out of nowhere, maybe you should in fact just do the thing
4: and okay. Kat says <laughs> well, I can do everyone's makeup You know, there's got to be some upside to being professional arm candy, right? I think it's... we can just think, I'm trained for this. We've done it. We've found the mission that fits my skill set. Good job, everyone. Thank you, Vic.
0: Just make sure they don't make fun of me again like last time that happened, with the person that was not you that did the thing. We will have this under control.
1: So... Two things happened in that moment, and I want to kind of make sure that I saw both of those things were just one. There is room for uh, sharing an intimate moment in that scene, but that also sounds like beginning a long-term project.
2: I had a question about projects, Mm -hmm. based on basically scale of the series. Mm -hmm. I want to do a project this season, but I want to scale it so that it's reasonable to accomplish this season.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And so that begs the question of, what scale of project is reasonable for this season? My range of intended projects goes from unionize my school to shut down the Cloud Harbor docks in a strike to basically force the city into legislative action.
1: (laughs) Some of those will actually be kind of unattainable this season, but... In, uh, it is my job as GM to give you, to find ways to flavor your steps toward that goal, even if you don't complete it. So if you wanted to take a, if you wanted to take one of those projects and we don't finish it, at least I will give value in the act of not completing it.
2: So I guess I'll pull back to, does going to, like, complete a project to get to a party? Like, to get this group to a party?
1: Oh yeah, that's that's definitely a long-term project. Some of y'all will have to leverage your so- social capital for the less popularity fortunate of your friends. Which sucks, but this city sucks, so I'm sorry. Um,
4: I feel like this is an oblique way of saying that my character has hot girl privilege.
1: You kinda do. It's the combination of hot girl privilege and... The collection of social capital that is having interacted with dozens of people who have a lot of money who, or who also have hotness privilege. You kind of just get inv- invited to parties on a regular basis. You kind of have a, you have a separate garbage bin just for tickets to events that you cannot attend. So yeah. So to go to a party, this, the, the project clock for that. Yeah, that's going to be a eight o'clock. In fact, no, that's going to be at 10 o'clock. I'm I'm mistaken. Uh, Get invited to a party.
2: That makes it probably an end-of-season project. Downtown actions don't go very far in this game.
1: Right, yeah, you're fair.
2: There's no no coin for (laughs) moving. You can't
1: spend the thing. That's what I was thinking in my brain, and then I remembered there is no coin in this game. So yeah, that's definitely eight. I am catering it in a lot of ways to not take place right away, but to establish that you will have that access coming up very soon. The most appropriate action for that would be the Fire Express. But I will say anyone can decide that they want to uh, chip in on this particular project after this downtime. So if this is a thing that you wanted to invest in, you could... In- it- you could invest in this after this point. Does that mean that uh, I should ask you to roll now, Vic? Or do you want to consider that at a later date?
2: I want to pause and check to see if anybody wants to do any more downtime actions in this scene before we leave it.
1: I'm good
4: here.
3: I am also good.
2: Okay, then I have idea for, for my two. One is pursuing this project, the other is I would pitch to Iori as like when the group kind of disperses for this for the evening act like basically asks to to talk with cat and I would do a like the social link move mm-hmm. if that's good sounds good
1: okay. yeah that works for me so first I will ask you to uh, roll for that uh, long-term project just take, this will just kind of represent the vague amount of social capital that you all have accrued to this point that would allow you to attend the party initially
2: yeah I was thinking I could flash back to Earlier in the in the day or the next day at, like the next day at work, and Vic using Express to basically try to get themselves onto a list of people to go from the school to a dream shine function all under the under the, the aegis of learning about the, the eye technology and potential academic applications, which is mm-hmm. Vic's way of getting dressed down, into an opening for getting information because it looks good to the boss and it gives them access
1: Hmm. okay what action are you rolling again
2: i can do ex- express or perceive are probably the best ones that i have applicable here express is like i'm giving the pitch
1: yeah express express will give you the most uh, express i think works the, the best here in this moment
2: Ping. i got a one so one
1: tick one tick on the 8 o'clock we're going to a party. And with that, you can go into your next downtime action for it, uh, from this point, then.
2: Yeah, so I was imagining a pedestrian bridge over either like a, a transit line or, or something like that. A place where you can stop and have a conversation and not be totally surrounded by people. But, to our touchstones, one of the things we selected was media saturation. So there's probably several different songs on, on like, speakers going, like, the buzz of neon, and just, like, that, like, the pressure, like, you're, like, there's a storm coming, but it's just from media as, like, texture for the scene.
1: Oh, yeah, terrible. There is a billboard that is, like, hovering above the bridge nearby that just plays music videos on a loop it just plays the music videos for the latest uh pop songs just constantly it's not even on a building it's just kind of suspended by the power lines that give it its juice from one building to the next just hovering over this bridge so you have to have to crane your head all the way up to see it it's not good useful or valuable but it is very loud (laughs) and that's that's the sonic and visual backdrop of where you both are at this moment
2: out of work Vic wears like much more casual clothes so like biker jacket with like cool print lining on the inside um black jeans high tops and a college like a, just a white collar shirt stops and kind of rests their elbows on the the railing on the side like watching the the trains come and says I don't know how to do this without them.
4: Now cat is uncomfortable. (laughs) Oh dear.
2: The dream stuff.
4: I don't think they ever predicted a scenario in which they wouldn't be running this. Directing us.
2: How many times did you go back or play back that fight? I don't think I asked before.
4: We are so far into the territory of... Things cat has been avoiding talking about.
2: Well, this is, this and can be uh, <laughs> this can be set boundaries, right? Yeah,
4: you can yeah. set boundaries
2: if you
1: want.
4: Yeah, this is in fact going to be a place at which cat sets boundaries, but she's going to do it in the indirect way. So as they are leaning on this this bridge, she's trying to fix her hair because she put it back up after she got off work when she was changing. She messes with her her hair as though she's got a pin in the wrong way and fumbles one of, of her clips out and off the bridge and just looks after it in total dismay. Damn! I liked that one!
2: I'll be right back. And, like, Vic uh, looks left, looks right. And then, I don't want to have to roll for this, but I want to do some, like, minor parkour.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. For the drama of the scene, you just, you, oh, my God, oh, my God. So, like,
2: roll, like, uh, roll over the grating to hang in here, to squat, to drop down, to, li- to like, yeah. get, get fit, Vic, show Vic as, like, a physical agent in this kind of situation, is that I'm, al- I'm also looking to, to find ways where we can distinguish Vic and Ruth as, like, fighting-type characters.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, you just Rest kind Dina's
0: of... like, Oh! Oh! What is he
2: doing? <laughs> what,
1: what? What are... What are... No! So you just kind of leap off, briefly hanging off the edge of this thing before you just control your descent off this uh, ledge...
4: And the rest of the team's still with us, right?
1: Yeah, Nina and Ruth are about while this conversation is happening, but they're not, like, immediately in your space. Cat
4: um, turns back to them and just shouts, every time they do something
1: like that, I swear my heart stops. You get down. Give me a one-die fourteen roll. Roll 1d6 for me. Yeah, you see it. It is quite a ways away, but you do see it.
2: Yeah, I think, I think maybe the, the way that I do this here is I intentionally take, I roll on a lower attribute to do flow, and it's about how Vic feels about getting the, the pen back and or like, being able to allay fears doing so. Because I don't know that Defy, Express, or Perceive necessarily do a lot here in getting across this moment. Confess would be best. And they don't have that at, at one or more.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that works for me.
2: So I'm going to do a 0D flow roll, take the lower, and then that'll probably get um, one link.
1: Mm-hmm. You're... Oh,
3: no. If cat set boundaries, then you're taking XP, not rolling a D. No, uh, no,
1: no. You still roll. Oh, you still roll. You just okay. don't get a bonus die. And cat okay. still gets to determine how those social links are signed. <laughs> um, so it's a three. Oh Lord. So three is: One link.: Yes, three is and one link.:
4: Said link goes to Vic because Vic tried. Cat <laughs> <laughs> remembers and appreciates that.:
1: Yeah. So Vic, you have one social link with Cat.: Yeah. That said,
4: it- when they come back up, Cat continues derailing the situation by just being like, "Oh, oh, I know you're good at that." But every time you do it in the waking world, I swear, it
3: takes a year off my life. Ruth in the background, like kinda looks at Nina and without a shred of self-awareness, has the facial expression of, I don't do that.
1: <laughs> Cat. I would like you to give me a 2 die for That's a five
3: and
1: a
4: three. Okay, cool.
1: While all of this is happening, you kind of idly notice something in your purse. A few nights ago at Somnio, you all were hanging out. It was the first time that you all had shared space in quite some time since no longer working in dream space for quite a while uh, after losing Euphony. And while you were hanging out... An altercation took place at Somnio. A guy was getting in a fight with some other drunk fellows. You very neatly handled that before it could have become more hostile. But in the ensuing mess, you noticed that one of the patrons at Somnio had left a card behind. Do you remember what is on the card when you picked it up?
4: Yes, it was that weird, funky, I thing it was similar to an eye of horus with a long bottom tail instead of a side tail mm-hmm. Ma- and i think it was embossed in i want to say gold or bronze on a dark colored card
1: mm-hmm. you noticed that card like it's been in your it's been in your purse for a while you, just because you put it there and never took it back out because you weren't caring because it didn't Think about it again. And you just kind of idly notice as your purse is open, you see it. And you're like, oh, that's what that is. And then it briefly changes color in your purse. That's kind of weird. That's not supposed to happen. You focus on it for a bit and it just seems like the same card that you picked up when you picked it up. Do you inspect it?
4: Yes, absolutely. I am going to inspect that.
1: Okay, I would like you to give me a Defy or Express roll.
4: I don't have dots in either of those.
1: (laughs) Okay. Um, So it
4: doesn't matter.
1: (laughs) Position is desperate and your effect is limited.
4: So I will roll 2d6 and take the lower, right?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. That's gonna be a two. You take it out of the purse. It seems fine. Seems like you were probably just. It was probably a trick of the light. Yeah? There is nothing of note about the card, you just put it back. With that being said, if I'm not mistaken at this point, the only people who still have downtime actions are. Nina has one, Kat has one, and Ruth still has both? Yes. Right.
0: Nina gets three
1: downtime actions. <laughs> Alright, you have another one. Oh lord, this is going that to be fun. That is a
4: special feature of the Unlikely Hero playbook for those of you who are looking to try this out yourselves.
1: Yes, I, I I forget that you get to do so much. So, okay, I want to get to one more downtime action before I establish some things because it's getting quite late. Ruth, would you like to do a thing?
3: I think this would definitely be as... So Mike mentioned the conversation with Kat happens as the group is starting to walk and split their own ways. This would definitely be after the group has supposedly split their own ways, and then Vic, (laughs) to continue the running gag of not realizing that Ruth came from this direction, just hears a ding-ding of a bicycle bell, and then, oh, that's Ruth on a bicycle with his basket of white funeral flowers just following me. It would be creepy if it was in a car, but it's a short, angry-looking person with flowers on a bicycle.
2: Yeah, I think Vic just uh, like looks back, steps aside a, a little bit, and then keeps walking, but will try to keep pace if Ruth is like, going to pass them.
3: Roof slows down, so they're bike-walking, walk-biking, next to each other. (laughs) And so, as the outsider, one of my mechanics is that I have a rival in the party, and I always have exactly one rival in the party. For this season, my rival is (laughs) Vic. I mean Vic. (laughs) Mixed up my W's and V's there. His personality doesn't change very much when he's just talking to Vic, But it changes just a little bit, like, just a bit towards not grandstanding, but, you know, putting on that front. And how this comes across is he's biking alongside Vic, and then says, So you hate police.
2: It's uh, it's not much worse here. Cops are the uh, metal boot set on the throat of every single person in this city. To put on that boot, you've got to be deluding yourself about trying to do good, or you like having your boot on on people's neck. Neither of those are good to me.
3: Again with the poetry crap.
2: Did Nina show you the one with the the cat and the masks?
3: Ruth kind of looks at him and suspects immediately this is a social media thing, which makes him immediately very, very suspicious. And he goes, no.
2: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Never mind.
3: And then Baldly changes the subject to, So a cop showed up at work today.
2: Somebody in specific, or just throwing their weight around?
3: Well, it was a specific one cop that I don't recognize, but... He took my bosses away, and then said I should look out for them, even though I told him I'm an employee.
2: Did you get so their badge maybe number? what you
3: said about boots is straight. What?
1: Did you get their badge number?
3: Did Ruth get the badge number?
1: Give me a 2 die fortune roll. 2 die
3: fortune roll.
1: Just
3: roll 2d6. Roll. That's a 4 and a 1.
1: Right. Because 1 is a 1, I will tell you. He wasn't wearing any of his uniform insignia. He was clearly in uniform. No badge number, no badge. No uni- no uniform camera. Which only dawns on you now that Vic has asked.
3: Ruth's face goes dead flat in the way that Vic has only seen once or twice before. The first time Vic saw that, it was in a dream, when they first met each other, right before Ruth tried to put a knife through their eye. And Ruth says, he wasn't wearing anything.
2: Have you heard from them since? Not the cop. Bosses? No. Well, that's terrifying. should go look after him.
3: They just told me to look after the shop, but I have the morning shift tomorrow, so when I open up, I can see what's up.
2: If you give me a description, I can maybe ask some people to ask some people.
3: Ruth nods slowly in the way of someone who's not too keen on accepting this help, but his bosses are his bosses and he does like being paid. So he gives a description and the names of uh, Kenneth and Edna uh, to Vic. Okay.
1: Okay. Since you are sharing an intimate moment, I will ask Vic, do you share this moment or set boundaries?
2: Uh yeah, Vic shares this moment for sure. Yeah. It's like definitely. They're, they're very game for this type of stuff.
1: Nice. So, you will be rolling the action that you're rolling, plus 1d. What action will you be rolling, Ruth?
3: For me, I think Express makes the most sense here. Definitely so... an Express moment. Yeah, so I have the 1 die already in Express, and I get the plus 1d, so I am rolling 2 die total,
1: correct? Mm-hmm. Rolling 2d6. Rolling 2d6. It is three. a 3
3: in the 1.
1: Right, so you got- you have one link and Vic gets to decide how you- uh, how it's assigned. Um... Are you gonna keep the link or- or- or does Ruth get to keep it?
3: I think it makes sense for Vic to keep it because Vic is then going to go do things-
2: Yeah, that makes uh, sense based to on me. the
3: information, so...
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. so I'll take one- one link with Ruth on my sheet.
1: Okay. And as this conversation just, like, gets to that point, Ruth, you get a message on your phone. I can't believe he
3: has a phone. Okay, he gets a message on his phone.
1: <laughs> it's a, it's like, it's like a busted-up Nokia. <laughs> it's, it's like ages <laughs> old. It's, it, like, the fact that you can use, uh, the fact that it can connect to the internet... It's still like an ancient novelty because it can't have apps. It's literally like 12 years old or more. You got one of those like, like old people phones from. <laughs> yeah. <I'm laughs> trying to just, th-
0: like all it does is actually
3: make phone calls and texts. That's it. Yeah, all I can do is make phone calls and text and play Snake. That's that's it. That's all I can do.
1: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I'm trying to think exactly of the Nokia that I'm thinking of that is very rugged and has a color screen and can connect to the internet, but is also not ready for anything that a smartphone can do. And you get a text message from someone that you have saved in your phone as DK. Aw,
3: shit. Okay, Okay, Donkey Kong, what's up? Oh
1: god, you know that this is Dice Calendrine's number, because you didn't save this number in the, in your phone yourself, Calendrine did.
3: Calendrine thought it was so funny, because Calendrine is 6'7", and built like a mountain of bricks, and thought it would be real cool to just take my phone and hold it above my head and save his number into it. <laughs>
1: So, the message reads, Hey, you coming to fight tonight?
3: Ruth one-hand texts, Why? And enters that. <laughs> because Nina told him, The cool kids abbreviate, so, why? <laughs> Here you go, cool.
1: So I take it that's, th- that's you confirming?
3: Yes, that's Ruth confirming, but if Dice asks, Why do you want to know? He texts back, it
1: means yes, you dumbass. <laughs> I think that's exactly what happens. I think that's the kind of, I think that's the kind of <laughs> silly person that Dice, that Dice is. Um, and uh, we pan out from that text message to Dice Calendrine, looking, looking away from their phone. As they put it away, they are outside of what looks like an abandoned warehouse in the southwest of cloud harbor uh inside is a caged ring that looks like somebody built it themselves it looks like the fence is brand new there are lights inside that are brand new and very bright but outside of the warehouse dice is standing over the beaten bruised body of a 40-ish year old man Still in his, what looks like his work attire, who is like mumbling an apology for something to Dice. And Dice just kneels next to the guy and says, You don't need to think about it. Punches him again very quickly to knock him out. And puts a bright white card uh, with a purple eye image drawn in the center of it. Uh, That looks like a card that some people have seen before. Uh, He takes the card and puts it into that guy's the breast pocket of that guy's jacket, pats it, cracks his knuckles, and goes back into the warehouse. And that's where we're going to close tonight's session of Fractal Spire. I apologize for taking so long. We typically do not run this long, but I really want to take out as much downtime stuff as possible. Uh, How do you all feel about... Uh, Your first obligations in Cloud Harbor.
3: I hate capitalism. Yeah, (laughs) knowing how obligations work and then actually playing through it was very different.
1: Yeah, oh my god. I, I hate every character that I've made so far that you just interacted with. Some of these people are scummy and I hate it. But we are attempting to be as honest as possible about hyper-capitalism in this city. Thank you for being gracious with me. Because a lot of bad things are going to happen. I'm very sorry.
0: This uh, is the first layer of lane, everybody. This is the least weird layer. It's only going to get stranger from here.
1: Yeah. This is Persona 5. If you knew how crooked all of the adults that you meet were before you entered their palaces. Ig, I'm so sorry. Until next session, where we get to do uh, everyone else's downtime, but also, hopefully, get into some actual trouble. Um, I would like to ask you all very much to tell all the lovely people in chat uh, who you are, what you do, and where they can find you. Starting with Mike.
2: Hey, everybody. uh, Michael R. Underwood. Uh, I go by Mike co-host Speculate with Greg and Brandon. If you would like to support Speculate as we do this new show um, and help us pay our wonderful audio editor, Rudy Basso, and do other cool things, you should go to patreon.com speculate, and you can support us there. We have a bunch of bonus episodes for supporters and lots of very cool stuff, and are planning on putting uh, kind of extra bonus material about Fractal Spire, Onto the Patreon as this game continues. So that's your source for more Fact Spire info. I write science fiction and fantasy books. My latest novel is Annihilation Aria, a Found Family space opera adventure. Uh, it is fun. It also hates oppression. And in this one, the characters get to punch, kick, and blast fascists with labor- lasers, um, which sounds pretty good right now. Find me on Twitter at Mike R. Underwood. That's it.
1: Thank you. Next, Iori.
4: Kusano Iori. They then pronouns, Clarion West, class of 2017. Find me at xinoyori.com, on Twitter, at Yori Kusano. That is spelled I-O-R-I. Don't be fooled by sans-serif fonts, there are no L's in my name!
1: Uh, that's why I made sure to find uh, a serif font, so we could specify. That's an I over there. Um.
4: And I'm so grateful for it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you are very welcome. Next, Yoi.
3: Yoe Goin Lynn, pronouns he they game and fiction writer, you can find me on Twitter at this is my design. Design is spelled capital D A S E I N. It is a philosophy pun and a Hannibal joke. Which I insist will always be timeless.
1: <laughs> and last, uh, Valerie.
0: I'm Valerie Valdez, I write things, I stream on Twitch as the kids are asleep. My books are paired well with my books. They are good books together. They should be together on your shelf because alphabetical order. And also you can find me on Twitter at Valerie Valdez. And that's with an S for people that are listening and not watching.
1: Nice. Thank you. And as for me, again, I am Brandon O'Brien, pronouns he, him, or they, them. I am one of the co-hosts of Speculate, alongside Mike and Greg. So please, a reminder again to you all that you can support the work that Speculate does by uh, supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash speculate. Your support of of the Patreon allows us to do cool things. Uh, It allows us to improve the the quality of our audio and pay our wonderful editor. But with more money, we would love to do even more uh, fancier, cooler things... With our visual overlay as well. Uh, as you can see for those who are watching, Michael R. underwood actually designed this overlay free of charge, and I'm very impressed and also very jealous because I don't have this visual skill and I also use Affinity Designer. So we would like to get to the point where the quality of our overlays, the qualities of our the quality of our intros, and so much more uh, can be improved. And you can help us do that uh by supporting the Patreon. You can also find me, Brandon O'Brien, uh on Twitter at The Rising Tides. Uh, you can find my debut poetry collection, Can You Sign My Tentacle, uh, on Amazon, uh, if you are into that kind of thing. It's published by Interstellar Flight Press. And a reminder uh, to everyone who is discovering Girl by Moonlight for the very first time, that Girl by Moonlight is upcoming from Evil Hat. So we are playing a playtest build, but very, very soon, uh, this will be a game that you can play, so please follow Evil Hat on Twitter, at Evil Hat, if I'm not mistaken. So you can get more information about uh Girl by Moonlight when it comes out because it is definitely worth playing as you have just seen this evening. The theme music for Speculate is Yellow Wood by Greg's band The Road. Find out more at www.thebandtheroad.com.
4: Hi, everyone. If you've enjoyed what we've been doing here on Speculate and you've been thinking to yourself, where can I get more role-playing in my life? Can I recommend arvindeleron.com, A-R-V-A-N-E-L-E-R-O-N.com, where you can check out the Curse of Strahd podcast. This, set in the world of Ravenloft, is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition campaign which has been running for a long time with a similar group of players and which has been both a lot of fun and I think you will find enjoyable. If you like it, please let us know both there